We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. Hi, I'm John Baker. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Come On Down the Game Show podcast. Here alongside me is my co-host and friend, Jonathan Motney. Hey, John, how's it going? Thank you. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going? Thank you. Um, yeah, we're back. Better than ever, honestly. I do feel better. I would like what to... What was wrong before? I would do. I would like to say a quick shout-out to all of our fans that send in pictures of their dead bosses. Uh, <laughs> oh. I think that... It, the revolution the email it has week. it has started and i appreciate your love and support out there in fan land it's kind of like um if you were to blame somebody for this right and you were the authorities mm-hmm. it'd be capitalism oh yeah i was gonna blame jason sudeikis and charlie day <laughs> um oh for the major motion picture film series horrible bosses yeah uh, featuring Kevin Spacey, who did deserve to get murdered because he is um, a rapist of boys. Did he actually rape them, though? Are you saying you don't believe the victims? It depends oh, on the victim. Think about what if, what if Putin said he was raped? Yeah. Would you believe him? No. I wouldn't. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe him? I wouldn't believe him. That's kind of fucked up, man. Well, hey, that's you're letting your pre-existing biases uh, determine what you believe. Biases. I think those are when we look back on this time. The two words that are going to pop into my head are bias and unprecedented. What are the two words you think of in in twenty years when you look back on these times in your life? What are the two words that will come into your head? Tacos and Squid Games. Squid Games is two words. Yeah, but not if you remove the space. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. You really say that about any two words. You really can. Of, which is a trick that I've been using a lot mm-hmm. that I don't know if a lot of people know about is that if somebody says, describe this in one word, if you remove the space, you can use as many words as you actually want. It's like, honestly life hack. Describe 2020 in one word. Oh, well, there was a serious pandemic and a lot of people died, <laughs> but no spaces. <laughs> <laughs> that's so smart thank you so today we're going to talk about a game show if you want to say actually we're not going to talk about a game show today no Mm-mm. why not was i lying oh i see so you're just kind of like following up on like the thing that i was alluding to there when i was saying if you want to call it a game show right but yeah. no spaces <laughs> game show with no spaces <laughs> Uh, first, we do have some sort of thing that I'm told is going to be tricky for me to read. Just the first line's a little tricky. The, when the sponsor wrote it, they were like, let's start off with a bang. Mm, yeah. Do and I let's feel, make... Mm, I feel fucking challenged. I feel... And like, let's make it a little tricky. Oh, yeah. Tricky. I'm sure it'll be tricky because I can't read words. It's even easier to read when there's spaces between them and it looks like there are. So. <laughs> I did put spaces. Digital art for me? Yes. And for thee, I do decree who has pixels for free, not we. You see, it's for him, her, he, and she. We. 
What Baker is trying to say is that we're officially jumping into the NFT world. Come on down has begun production talks for some of the sickest digital art you've ever seen. Ever will see. We're beginning our Series A funding round for our 4,000 piece NFT collection called Podcast Pop Art. Each NFT piece will feature a bust of the most respected game show host of all time, Alex Trebek. From there, we'll make minor changes because that's what NFT art is. Very slight changes to the same background resulting in thousands of slightly unique digital squares to make you think you're getting a lot of value for your hard-earned money that you'll be handing over to us. Some of the slight adjustments to the pieces include one eye patch, spiked yellow hair, two eye patches, spiked red hair, spiked yellow and red hair, spiked hair, but instead of hair, it's eye patches. So much fun and so cool. Remember, these are limited pieces of digital art that can be easily replicated, except you'll have a certificate of authenticity, which probably means something because it's the only rebuttal NFT has when you say, NFT heads have when you say, why can't I just take a screenshot of this? We're opening up the funding when we release this episode Tuesday, March 15th. Just send us any amount from $3,000 to $3,050 and you'll officially be a part of the only NFT launch from your favorite podcast. Come on down. Um, March 15th, this episode. Beware. Beware. The Ides. You will be... Of March 15th. Ooh, I like that. Um, Caesar got... Uh, NFTs. How come there aren't any NFTs of Caesar? NFT of a, of a knife in his back. NFT, what would that... Uh, naughty... Freaking naughty fictional time. That's right. I don't believe in Julius Caesar. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in Shakespeare. None of it. It's not real. Those are three very specific things. I don't believe in Julius Caesar. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in Shakespeare. I think those all go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're all written by Shakespeare, right? (laughs) The whole Bible is in prose. Yeah. And cons. (laughs) <laughs> what if could you imagine if you opened up the bible and on the left side it was like murdering your brother pros <laughs> god told you to do uh, it get a cool story written about you cons don't have brother anymore <laughs> uh a pro you get to see what it feels like to release the soul out of someone's body cons you're the only person alive now who can uh, have sex with your mom to reproduce and make the rest of human civilization. Pro, you get to have sex with your mom. <laughs> hey, there we go. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was... Uh, what was I reading? The Bible? Yeah, I was reading the Bible. Oh, no, you know, in that book of Exiles, a.k.a. Exodus. Oh, okay. Which... Um, I got yelled at for calling exiles. And then I got told more recently that this podcast should have a corrections corner. No, no, thank you. Um, that would be longer than the podcast itself. Yeah, right. You know what the corrections corner is? Every week after my wife finishes listening to the podcast, the next two hours of my life are corrections corner. Here's what you do. Just record that. And then we'll play that <laughs> as... So I assume it's just her berating you and you crying a lot for two hours? Um, but it, sometimes it gets physical. Okay. Like I start jerking off while she's telling me. About wow, it. just a double jerk off cry situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so sorry if we get anything wrong in this episode to anybody out there who cares that much. Here's the thing. In life, you don't get a corrections time, you know? And I think what we're trying to show is a reflection of reality. And reality doesn't have a correction time. So therefore, if so facto, pros and cons... We are not going to have a correction time. And that's why we do everything backwards on the video because we're trying to show a reflection. And that's what you would see. Right. In a reflection. We're truly upside down. And the thing I was saying about Moses that I remembered now Mm. was that um, in the book of Exodus, he spent 40 years um, walking through the desert. Right. When they left Egypt to get to... uh, Jerusalem, which mm-hmm. is where they ended up going. They ended up, you know, building a big old temple there and a city and whatnot. Sure. Careful. <clears throat> you might have already said something incorrect. Oh, sorry. A village, a large village <laughs> with a metropolitan area. <laughs> <laughs> they it had was an the opera first, house. It was the first Disneyland location, is what <laughs> yeah. it was. Um, Moses Land. And uh, it took 40 years. And the, if you Google Maps it, it takes six days to walk. Uh, that from yeah but did they get lost a whole bunch but how much like they're on what what's it called the arabian peninsula is that what it's called i refuse to agree with anything you say now for terror uh i'm terrified that we're both going to be wrong okay well if you disagree sure then we're at least airing the correct thing on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) because i'm saying it and you're saying no to it right um so everything you say, I am going to deny. Okay, yes. So on the Arabian Peninsula, is that right? Maybe. Okay, so I think you could kind of circumnavigate the whole thing in many, many times in 40 years. <clears throat> I don't know how you kept missing Jerusalem. I think that this is one of those stories you're supposed to is take you, as think, metaphor. Do you think Moses' wife kept being like, I told you we should have turned back there. And, uh, and she's from New Jersey. Yeah, well, she's Jewish. <laughs> I assume that was what she... Do, do you think, or do you think that's a more modern thing? And you know what? I don't, I don't agree that Moses was Jewish. Just oh, in case no? he wasn't I think that's for the big, correction. I think that's a big part of who he was, was Jewish. Well, I don't agree. Okay. What about when God gave him the Ten Commandments because he was Jewish? It was 11. 11? It was 11. What was the 11th? I don't know. I'm you just saying in case there is an 11th and it wasn't 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought maybe you knew what the 11th was. I was like, don't, don't, uh, don't clip your nails at work. That's fair. <laughs> I, guess that's I truly fair. think that was the 11th. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about liars. Speaking of. Speaking, Speaking of, of corrections corners. A bunch of liars. That's our new podcast. A bunch of liars. A bunch of liars. And we're just going to get down here and we're going to tell you lies for an hour straight. And one thing we said was true in the episode. And you have to figure out what the one thing was. And if you can, uh, postage stamp an envelope uh-huh. and send it into us right. with what that one thing was. And you could win a prize package. Do you want to know something kind of funny about that? What? I did that recently. Excuse me? So... You mailed something to somewhere? I did. In there, the mail? In the, with the postman? You know, Coinbase? The guy with the satchel? Coinbase. It is um, a, a blockchain... Uh, Wallet, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It holds your fake monies. It's real. 
Um, and so they have they're we giving got both sides covered there. They're, <laughs> they're giving away a whole bunch of money to try and increase oh, visibility. Oh, the, the digital wallet of the future Correct. is giving away money in the fucking snail government mail. No, you can sign up and purchase some cryptocurrency, a particular type of crypto, and you'll be entered. Or what type? In the point two font at the bottom, it says you don't have because I don't think you you can't legally make someone purchase something. That is correct. In order to, to, enter to be entered. Six, yeah. So they always offer the opportunity for you to mail something in. So I wrote on a postcard my name, my email address, and my address, and I sent it away. Nice. Did you win? I don't know. They don't. They haven't announced it, or I have not won one or the other. Or it hasn't gotten to them yet. No, it definitely got to them. They're in, I don't know, Hoboken, Arabian Peninsula or something. I don't think that's what it's called. It's going to take 40 <laughs> years to get there. <laughs> that is the problem. They have great post uh, postmen and post women. There. No, probably not post women. <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Just regionally generalizing. Probably mm -hmm. not post women. Probably not. But. Uh, yeah, they. You know how, like over here, we have come rain, come sleet, come snow. Uh, it's kind of like the saying of the post office. Coming snow, pro. You get to snow whenever you want. Con, it's cold. <laughs> like it freezes your penis tip every time. <laughs> and then, like somebody gets their tongue tongue stuck to it, and they can't. I love how I can say like. Come rain, come snow, and the first thing you think of is coming snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I of guarantee course. you what at you least mean? 5% of our listeners <laughs> thought the same mean? thing. Um, I don't think we have enough listeners for, for percentages to break down. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the Liars Club. The Liars Club. It's uh, It was a television game show. Mm-hmm. That aired in three different times. And it was also the sequel to Breakfast Club. That is true. Um, so it aired in 1969, which is actually close to 20 years before Breakfast Club uh, originally came out, or about 15 years before. <laughs> uh, so it was like Breakfast Club is more of a prequel of Liar's Club, I guess is what you, yeah, you okay. phrase it. Um, so it aired in 1969, then from 1976 to 79. Mm. Then from 1988 to 89. So there are 12 episodes. There's a little more than 12. Okay. There's not as many that exist anymore because all sorts of tricky things about the way recording tapes and whatnot worked back in the day. Mm -hmm. But I'll get into that a little bit. Good. Because, for example, 1969 version of the show. <clears throat> what are you doing? Just getting comfortable. This this love seat has a recliner. You have one it? too. How many times have we done this here? And I never knew there was a recliner. I don't know. You're just not an observant individual. <laughs> but also, I guess I like how you were able to recline it one inch. <laughs> and you said you were quote getting comfortable. And guess what? I'm one inch more comfortable now. <laughs> That's how I feel when I take off my boxer briefs. My one inch is more comfortable. Yeah. See, I don't think of dick stuff when you say that. Isn't that strange? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Liars Club, it uh, it would seem to be a play off of uh, Friars Club, mm -hmm. 
which is an organization, organization, which is an organization that was founded in 1904. I found out. I did a little research. That's so old. It's kind of my job for this thing. In New York, the Friars Club, for those of you that don't know, is uh, like a uh, a private club that is mostly for comedians and other entertainers. Uh, famously, they hold their Friars Club roasts. Mm. Um, starting in 1950, Sam Levinson, who was a humorist, because that that's a word that fancy people say for comedian, which really just means like, not really funny, but like writes articles in the New Yorker okay. with a comedic bent. And I don't know, maybe Sam Levinson was a very funny like stand-up or actor. I, I don't know who the fuck Sam Levinson it's okay. is. Okay, you say he say. is, and I'll say he is not. Okay. So hey, Erica, fact check that. <laughs> but he uh, he was the first one roasted, and his Wikipedia called him a humorist. So there we go. But. Um, Friars Club was founded in 1904 as a way for, like, mostly theater critics to try and uh, figure out who uh, was pretending to be a theater critic to get free tickets to shows. No way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because people would just, like, say that they were a critic and get, you know, get into shows for free to, quote unquote, review them. That's brilliant. Which is a random guy. I'm going to start using that. And so in 1904, they the theater critics got together and formed this club to be like, all right, let's make sure who's going to the shows <laughs> so that we figure out and keep these riffraff out of here. Mm-hmm. Because, like, imagine watching a show next to a person that uh, can't afford to pay to get in there. It must feel disgusting. I wouldn't want that. Exactly. Who would? You're ruining the whole experience for everybody. All the hardworking, wealthy elites that did pay to get there. Yeah. So, um, the, like I said, they, oh, and they, they started, you know, for like 50 years without doing roasts. They did like uh, toasts instead. Oh, positive yeah, affirmations yeah. Like I think, and uh, look backs on people's lives. And so the thing that I found out that I thought was I was being Liars Club bamboozled <laughs> was that in 1908, their first like toast was to Oscar Hammerstein. Oh, a playwright. Yeah, like Rogers and of that fame. Oh, I thought that was one guy. Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, that was one guy. That his name was Rogers and. Rod. No, I thought his middle name was And. Rogers and. Hi, Hammerstein. Rogers and Hammerstein reporting (laughs) for duty. Yeah, so he was honored in 1908, which was surprising to me because I thought he was um, not, not that, that old. old. Yeah, I would totally agree. Because like Guys and Dolls, when was that written? Like the 40s? Or 50s, 60s, <laughs> 70s. <laughs> Correction. And the funny thing is, that is something that uh, my wife would know and would be upset about. You know what we should do? And I truly think that this is a good idea. What's that? Do you know how there's line five guy or line four guy on the ticket? You know, remember yeah, when that was a bit? Yeah. We should have Erica call in and be a co-co-host on the line with us so she can scream out corrections as we get it incorrect. Okay, hold on. Well, this is important probably. Okay. Rogers and Hammerstein did not write guys and dolls. Thank God. Thank God we did live <laughs> fact checks. And by the way, I... You know what's crazy is how 
so this entire time, Eric has been screaming at the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. You idiot! By the way, music and lyrics by Frank Lesser. Never fucking heard of this guy in my life. Who wrote this? For, Just Roger. Frank Lesser. Frank Loser is how it's spelled, but I oh, think it's Lesser. Lossier. <laughs> Lossier. Lesser. Uh-huh. Lesser. Um, probably Frank Loser. But yeah, so that was crazy that I just got that totally wrong. Did you do Oklahoma? Wait, this can't possibly be true. It says he was born in 1895. How could the Friars Club have tested him in 1905? This is the second. Look at the first. <laughs> I'm so confused. Oscar Hammerstein, the first. Oh, you know what? That is what it is. It was his dad. That's why the confusion. So, so this guy wrote the plays, but his dad was must have been in... His dad was also in theater. His dad was a looks... theater empresario and composer. There we go. Fucking, uh, what's that Keep thing called? Keep it in the family. We're right. What's that thing called? Nepotism? Yes, nepotism. Fucking nepotism. That's all Hollywood is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So who? So which ones did he write? Oh, the second? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he ended up writing Oklahoma, nice. Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, The Sound of Music. Dude, can you imagine being so talented? Showboat? No, he was... Yeah. Oh, was he that talented? Because he didn't write Guys and Dolls. I mean, that's a good point. It's not... If he were that talented, he would have written Guys and Dolls. And the other ones I didn't know. I only knew Oklahoma. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's only because it's a state that was named after the musical. Yeah, it was also a play done in the ninth grade that I wasn't a part of because I couldn't sing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You didn't do... Wait, did you have something to do with it? No. Um, I wrote a letter in the mail, and I... <laughs> I sent it into the the casting director. Sure, and it said, um, "Can I have some NFTs, please?" <laughs> put my address. Okay, that's I cool. said PPS. Don't cast Jonathan Motney in Oklahoma. And did you get any NFTs in in return? Yeah, I'm incredibly wealthy now because I got yes. an NFT in at the bottom. Oh, I got an NFT of Oklahoma. The oh, musical. I own the musical and now. <laughs> I think that's how NFTs work. It, it is exactly how NFTs work. It just doesn't mean anything. Like I can own the Mona Lisa, but it doesn't mean I own the Mona Lisa. I'm a liar. Hot take. NFTs are the liars club of today. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. If you own an NFT, you're in the liars club. You're in the club. liars club. There's a vending machine in Manhattan. That you can buy an NFT out of now. That's not a thing. There's an NFT vending machine in Manhattan. You know how there's a cupcake vending machine at Sprinkles? And a pizza one, too. Really? There's a pizza vending machine. It's in Japan, I think. Yeah. That's why I don't trust it. (laughs) You fucking try and order a pizza and it just gives you a bomb (laughs) if you're Hawaiian. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Fact check that. So... There's a vending machine where you can buy an NFT with a credit card, which is unusual because usually you need some Coinbase bullshit. Oh, oops. This is an NFT of different coin of different. Uh, of it's different an NFT machines? of vending machines. God damn it. <laughs> so I own the vending machine and I can get all the Doritos and Gar- Gardettos out of it. No, no, no. It's Liars Club. <laughs> By the way, there is no game show called Liars Club. We're just going to make up lies on this show and then just go, Liars Club. It's the goal of this show. Oh, man. So, in 1969, 
Rod Serling hosted Liars Club. Okay. And I am going to tell you that it was within the last two years that I found out that Rod Serling's name was not Rod Sterling. There is not a Rod Sterling. Not to my knowledge, no. There's not a so if I search Rod Sterling, <laughs> there's not one there's person not a- in the world. It's been banned as a name. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm telling you. It has been banned as a name. If you search Rod Sterling, it's going to give you autocorrect for Rod Sterling. I guarantee you. <gasps> what did Whoa. I tell you? What did I tell you? He's right. <laughs> because everybody knows who you're talking about when you say Rod Sterling. Because it's um, I'm going to call it a Mandela effect. Even though yeah. it's just me being wrong, um, I'm going to pretend. Isn't that what Mandela is though? Uh, yeah, the whole Mandela. It's just a is lot just of pe- people are people wrong. that are wrong that won't uh, accept that they are wrong. With, but I, I will not cave on the Berenstein Bears thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to <laughs> accept. Every, listen, every every other Mandela effect thing, everybody is wrong and a liar and an idiot. But the Berenstein Bears one, I'll fucking go to my grave. Yeah. But if you think something else, if you think there was a movie about a genie starring Sinbad in the 90s uh, called Shazam, then you're a fucking idiot. And a racist because it was a movie about a genie starring Shaq called Kazam. Oh. That is one of the biggest uh, Mandela effect things out there is people claiming that they remember seeing a genie movie starring Sinbad in the 90s called Shazam. And it's not real. Hmm. And it's weird that so many people claim that. And they're like, yeah. It is weird, right? That all of us remember it. I'm like, no, it's weird that you think you do because you don't. You're making it up. But it has an IMDB page. <laughs> <laughs> no, it says we found Sinbad's Shazam's genie movie. Is that the name of the movie? Is that the name of this documentary? Oh, it's a college humor original. So it is a web oh, video. It's a fake video. Uh, and it looks like they got Sinbad to be in it, which is a good bit. But uh, Rod Serling, with no T, hosted the initial incarnation of Liars Club. Okay. What else did he host? Rod Serling? Yeah. Um, Baywatch. <laughs> Do you think there was a host of Baywatch? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was the guy who... It was whoever did the voiceover. You think it was Pamela doing the voiceover. Oh, no, I didn't think that. I don't think there was a voiceover either. Mandela effect. <laughs> Uh, no, he hosted the Twilight Zone. He created the Twilight oh, Zone. Oh, what, what a good entering? show. The Twilight Zone. I had never watched it until a couple years ago when Jonda made me watch some. The, watched, the like, original 50s ones? Yeah, Six, I watched 50s, the one 60s. about the, the plane. The creepy thing on the plane. Oh, yeah, they remade that one. Uh, it was something at 20,000 feet. Not interested. Not interested in the remake. Uh, why? Because, you know, it was... Uh, a, a female it was an all-female remake of that episode was it no oh <laughs> no that's, <laughs> that's not what it. they do now uh yeah in the jordan peele version you know how you can watch it uh paramount plus exactly <laughs> is it paramount or it, is it, is it, actually paramount. it is actually okay. paramount plus this is the one time it is it actually is paramount, paramount plus. plus um there were some decent ones there was one with kumail um where he was a comedian, if you can believe that, him in that role. Oh, yeah. And everything he joked about came true. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I did watch that one. Yeah. I think they put it on YouTube when it first uh, 
came out to for try marketing. And, yeah, trying to get people onto Paramount Plus. But Rod Serling created the Twilight Zone in the fifties. He actually originally um, had an idea for uh, like one episode that ended up getting produced and hosted by Desi Arnaz on CBS. And uh, they just made it as a one-off, like a special. Mm-hmm. And it it went well and had a good reception. And they like went back to him and they were like, okay, yeah, make more of those. <laughs> and so uh, they, they wrote more episodes and called it The Twilight Zone. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're just hoping that one of these catches some traction. Yeah. And so that somebody would reaches out and says, hey, keep doing that. Every day of the week, we release a podcast about a completely different subject. We have a game show podcast. <laughs> we have a shuffleboard podcast. We have a sports podcast, which I don't know much about. So it's kind of just Baker <clears throat> talking about sports. Yeah. And it's actually exclusively um, on Paramount Plus. On Paramount Plus. <laughs> Uh, but you do have to have Peacock. It's very so you have you do have to watch it in the Peacock app and have a subscription to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's a Paramount Plus original. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, Rod Serling hosted uh, the Twilight Zone. Obviously, then he died. Then they remade it a few times. I didn't know that like he died in 1976. And have you been to Disney World? No, I'm a grown adult. So in I don't go. Life, I don't go. So I don't go to children's places. The question is: places. In your life, have you been to Disney World? Here's the thing. Once, when I was so, six, yes. when oh, I was a oh, six-year-old when, child. Oh God, you were such a fucking little bitch when you were six. You went to Disney World. That's embarrassing. Hey, how many times have you been to a Disney-themed park as an adult with no children? Twice. Only twice. Only twice. Okay, so it's Stephen that's been like ninety times. He goes to Universal Studios. Okay, still for children. <laughs> yeah. So. um... There's the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios that opened in 1994. That's one of the best rides I've ever been on. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. phenomenal. That is a great ride. And it's not there anymore though, right? No, it's still... So yeah. in Disneyland, they replaced it with like a Guardians of the Galaxy version of the same ride. But in Disney World, it's still the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Okay. And uh, they're building a different Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Does it still like go up and down? Up and down, yeah. So mm-hmm. it actually... Uh, they when they made it they wrote it and they were like and they actually had uh because you're like in an elevator shaft falling down whatever from the 13th floor of this building and they worked with otis the elevator company okay to, to make the ride and they did it and they were like like the free fall they were like it's uh oh it's not as exciting as we it should be it feels like mm-hmm. and so actually the quote-unquote free fall you're falling faster than gravity they're pulling you down at faster than the speed oh, of free wow. fall because it's more fun that way that's scary right i remember it being exhilarating it is very fun and it's because what there's something more fun about a theme park ride where you don't have the shoulder cover like all you have, oh, there wasn't a shoulder cover. All you have on is like a seatbelt or whatever. That seems so or like dangerous. A, a lap bar. I think it's a lap bar. Yeah, that makes so more it sense. blocks your thighs in. But uh, yeah, we went on that. Uh, you know, a few months ago when we were there, as and, grown adults. Yes, as grown adults, and my grown adult wife. Just to be clear, if any <laughs> police are listening, <laughs> hey, fact uh, check that. <laughs> um, Ended up uh, accidentally holding hands with the woman next to her. 
accidentally. It was hot. Let's fact check that. <laughs> it was hot. They both uh, on the drop, like reflexively, like who and like grabbed, and they both just grabbed each other's hands. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. So, but so, why did they kiss though? Well, also reflexively. <laughs> when I'm terrified, I have to French something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Rod Serling was the initial host of this show. Um, and also he was the host of the Tower of Terror that opened 20 years after he died. So how'd they do that? An impressionist and comping together clips from old episodes. Oh. Pretty cool, I thought. Because I didn't know he was dead way way before that ride. So they kind of tupac it. They did Tupac him way before Tupac. Like before Tupac was dead. So we should call it Serling. Serling. So they, Tupac got yeah, Serling. Exactly. So the Liars Club is kind of the opposite of to tell the truth is what I would say is what it is. That's what a lie is compared right. to the truth. But I mean, if you took the game show to tell the truth mm -hmm. and then you flipped it upside down, you would get. You're seeing a mirror version of it. Like we're doing right now. Whoa, I'm actually holding up my left hand, but it looks like my right. That's crazy. Um, the <clears throat> There are four celebrity panelists. And in different incarnations of the show, a different number of contestants. I loved the three. The four to the, the three, three was a great idea. <clears throat> so, yeah, in the Rod Sterling version, there were two. Then in 1976, um, it came back initially just like locally in L.A. Uh, okay. On the local like BBS <laughs> On KTLA or whatever. Okay. And... Um, at that point in time, it was hosted by Bill Armstrong, who was just like a game show producer, mostly. I've heard his name before. And then after one year of that, they decided, let's go in syndication with this thing. But, you know, Bill Armstrong, you're a fucking nobody piece of shit. Wow. Let's get Alan Ludden up in here. We've talked about Ludds a few times on like a password. Yeah. He was a password host. And... Um, Alan Ludden took over for the next two years from 77 to 79. And it went back into national syndication. So I think for the Bill Armstrong year, they had four contestants. The Alan Ludden year, they peeled it back to, th or the Alan Ludden years, they peeled it back to three. Had to. Contestants. You prefer the three. Well, yeah, because you get to choose which of the four panelists is telling the truth. So the fourth person is just like, well, you're with them because all the other ones have been chosen. Could they only choose one each? They couldn't re-choose them? Yeah. That's some bullshit. But there's four rounds, I guess, so you everybody gets one first-round pick. Correct. Um, so, spoiler, there's four rounds of this game show. The way it works is there is an object, and that object is kind of uh, nebulous in what it is mm -hmm. and what it does, which is an interesting-looking thing. And then each of the four celebrity panelists describes to the audience and the contestants what that thing is. Mm -hmm. However, only one of them uh, actually knows what the thing is. Right. And the other three are just like us at home in the dark. And so therefore making up it's just improv what the thing is. They're improv in it. Just improv. And that's what lying is, is improv. That's true. Lying is God's improv. Yeah. Or uh, Eve's, because she invented lying, that slut. Because of the apple situation? Yeah. 
She's sort of tricked into eating that, though. She wasn't just going around trying to eat fruits. What do you mean? Why not? Well, the snake tricked her into eating it. Mm, okay. Yeah, the likely story. A snake, <laughs> a talking snake. Okay. No, I think I what believe this, that. I think what the snake did is he spelled out the in the, his it, body. <laughs> eat it. And it, and it, but it like took forever to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it was a really long snake, he could just do it in cursive. That's true. With no spaces, which is the which dev- is, the devil's language. Which Eve said in one word, "Tell me what I should do." And then the snake spelled out in cursive, eat the apple and everything will be okay. And then he also just spell out... All one word. No, but remove spaces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, there were no spaces because he can't... He did with his he body. He couldn't break his <laughs> snake body. Got it. Yeah. So, um, they... Fact check that. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't fact check that because what are you going to say? Mm, uh, my sources say on Songs of Solomon, chapter 13, yeah. verse 8. So is it Solomon or Psalm? Uh, there's Psalms. Yeah. And then I think there's Song of Solomon. I think that's a book. I mean, it sounds I like a... I think that's a book. But here's the thing. It it's either like a... a book or it's not. And that's for you to decide. Do your own <laughs> research. Do your own research. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. It's coming up. Song of Solomon. And see... Ooh, in the Bible. This is why we don't do this, because look how long it took for us to do this. And now our flow's off. Yeah, we're screwed. People are pretty bummed about trying to figure out how the Liars Club works. Even though I feel like I've made it pretty clear. One person is telling the truth, three people are making something up, and then the contestants have to guess who is telling the truth. Here's a cool piece of information that we just found out. Britannica still exists. Like Encyclopedia? Yeah. Britannica? Remember... When you were young, no, not very well. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I was, uh, I was saying the other day to somebody, maybe you, I don't know, maybe I said it on this podcast last week. Who the fuck knows? I'm so on drugs. Um, that it was crazy to me to think because I'm 35 years old right uh-huh. now, aren't you? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what if, if, if you were talking no. to somebody and you were like, I'm 35. Aren't you? It's like how you ask people their age. I'm putting a reflection on myself. So uh, I was thinking the other day about how how little like I remember about high school at this point. Yeah. And then I was thinking about 10 years ago, how much I probably remembered about high school. <laughs> okay, I see. Like so I you see thought- people now, I'm on Facebook and it's like suggested friend. And then it's like you have 83 mutual friends. And I'm like, who's this person? I have 83 mutual friends. And then I click on them. And it says that I went to high school with them. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue who this person is. I've never seen this person in my life. Right. So still won't accept my friend request then. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Bazinga. <laughs> so um, the the entertainers, the panelists, each go through their explanation of what this object is. And then the two contestants in the Rod Sterling version, the four contestants in the Bill Armstrong version, and the three in the Alan Lund version, each guess who they believe is telling the truth. And it sounds like only in the Bill Armstrong version could everybody only guess one person. Yeah. In the other versions, you could duplicate guesses. It basically was a much better game show when you're able to guess multiples right. and there aren't four people. Right. So in the um, Rod Sterling version, the way the game worked Did was... Did you just say Sterling? No, mate. Okay. I don't know. Fact check it. <laughs> um, in the Rod Sterling version... Mm-hmm. 
There were four rounds. At the end of four rounds, whoever had the uh, most correct won $100. So did they not do the odds? No, they didn't. That was only in the four yeah, panel? Yeah, it was, it was, okay. No, it was in the uh, four and the three. It was in every future version. Oh, got it. So in the revivals, the way that it worked was everybody started with $100. And you placed a wager of up to $100 per round on who you think is telling the truth. So um, you would bet $20 on this person in the first round. And if you are incorrect, you lose $20. If you are correct, you gain $20. You have $120 now. Yeah. Um, you obviously can only wager as much as you have in any given round and only as much as $100. But the interesting thing is that in round two, instead of being paid out one-to-one, if you're correct, you get paid out two-to-one. Holy crap. In round three... Five to one in round four, a ten to one. Right, which are good odds. Yeah, so if you bet thirty dollars, you get you only lose thirty, but you can win three hundred. So pretty crazy. And things in the later rounds decided the game because it didn't matter if you were up by twenty dollars and the next person's twenty dollar bet is worth two hundred. So that that was what determined the winner at the end of four rounds in that version i liked that what the tiebreaker was i looked into this yeah and so if it was tied then it's whoever betted whoever betted whoever betted whoever whoever betted betty white (laughs) yes whoever bet more in the final round won if they both bet the same in the final round and had a tie score then it went to whoever got the most right throughout the game okay if they all got the same amount right then it went to before the game you had to make a prediction of what your final score would be oh my gosh and whoever's prediction was closest to the that's like score. how the ncaa tournament does it on aspn you the, predict the final score you have to predict the final yeah. score so <clears throat> that's how they broke ties um the fourth round in all versions of the game however was a little different than the other rounds yeah in the Rod Serling version and in everything other than the two Alan Ludden years, <clears throat> the way that the fourth round worked was they brought out a piece of art. NFT? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, the remake that is inevitable will feature NFT art, I'm sure. <laughs> they brought out a piece of art and all of the panelists had to say what the title or the name of that piece of art was. Ooh. And you had good. to guess which one was the real name of that piece of art. Because art has some weird So names. there's some weird names in art. And then there's also some that are like Girl Jesus in- at the Feast of David with his friends. <laughs> like <laughs> you know it's true. With his friends, it's also at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of art that is titled like that. Um so you had to guess which was the real title. I don't think people would take the Bible as literally or or as uh, strongly as they would if it was called Jesus and Friends and not <laughs> Disciples. <laughs> disciples just sounds way more legitimate. Jesus and Friends is what they would call it in like like that was what that's what the youth pastor would call it to make it to seem make it more like hip yeah, and cool. Yeah. Like, hey guys, say we're gonna talk about Jesus and Friends. 
Um, yeah, who's who's friends with Jesus? Um, Carl Malone. Uh, <laughs> That's how they want to get kids in is by using <laughs> basketball players from the eighties. What if that was a big selling point for kids today? They were like, if some in some boardroom somewhere, and this is probably accurate because <laughs> businesses are dumb and idiots. There's somebody in a boardroom somewhere that's like, all right, how do we appeal to the kids today? Ooh, what if we get Carl Malone? No, it's the one board member that's 102 years <laughs> old. Can we get old. Carl Malone for this? So, um, it, yeah, in all but the Alan Ludden years, the, the fourth and final round was naming the piece of art. In the Alan Ludden years, what they did was they kind of flipped it on its head. Each of the four people, the four panelists, had uh, one unique thing, uh, item, if you will. Yeah. And all four of them explained what their item was, but only one of them was telling the truth. Dang. Three of them, or sorry, was lying. Three of them are telling the truth about what that item is, and you one of them is lying about what their item is. Have to guess the liar? You have to guess the liar. It flips it on its head. Whoa. Only one liar. Guess who it is. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. So that's the big twist. It's a pretty big twist. It's the op. They, they completely the, the do one. The whole game upside down. Yeah. So um, that's the game. And the changes in addition to the wagering from Rod Sterling are the prizes because you get however much money you had at the end plus a prize like this Tupperware set. Or yes, whatever. I want it. I want it. Who doesn't? And then there was also, if you got all four correct, a bonus prize. Of Rod Serling. Yes, you got Rod Serling. <laughs> they, his decapitated frozen head. <laughs> Just in case we need to bring him back for a new version of the Twilight Zone. That's Walt Disney. Yeah, but they seem like kindred spirits. Both of them are at Disney World, aren't they? Right. And both, also, they're frozen heads, I mean. They're both at Disney World. Everybody thought that his name was Walt Pisney, and it was <laughs> a true. Mandela effect. What if um, it's an episode of The Twilight Zone Ooh. that is about uh, Rod Serling's name being somehow changed in the history books uh, by a time traveler or something like that? And Rod Serling goes crazy because he's like, no, I know my name was this. <laughs> yeah. Let's do what do you it. think? Let's, do Let's it. make that episode. What do you think? Where's Jordan Peele? Where's Jordan Peele? <laughs> hey, Paramount Plus, hit me up. Or Peacock. Whichever Either, one. Whoever wants it next. Yeah. Whoever wants it. That doesn't it. suck. What? Whoever wants it next. Who wants it who, next? Who wants it next? Um, they've done met many revivals of The Twilight Zone without him. They, there was also that one other show that was very similar to The Twilight Zone that I can't remember what it was called. Breakfast Club. Thank you. Breakfast Club. Um... The Rod Serling version, only two episodes remain in existence. No way. One of them was on a Twilight Zone DVD box set. And one of them, one of the producers of the show's sons put it on YouTube like 10 years ago. Nice. Illegally or legally? Uh, I guess that depends on the rights. Because it was a producer's son, so I don't know. But also, if you were, like, the legal owner of that, would you be like, hey, you can't put that on YouTube? I, 
Think about how much money I could be making off of this <laughs> one episode of a game show. Well, you never know that 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 young porn producer bought the rights to Pamela and Tom Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape and Whoa. he made 17 million and by the way, he didn't have to buy it. They just gave it to him because Pamela wanted it done and out of her life so she badly. was a charitable person. That's why. A Canadian charitable person. Yeah. And so he made $17 million. This episode brought to you by Hulu, home of Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Starring Sebastian Stan and Lily James as Pam and Tommy on Hulu. However, you do need to sign up for a Peacock account to get into your Hulu. And you will need to make sure that Paramount Plus is at least in the back of your mind while you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's their tagline. <laughs> Please be thinking of us. Think, just think about it. Just consider it at least. So, yeah, that's pretty much the Liars Club. What'd you think about it? It was really hard for me to get excited about this show coming off of a repo. Repo man or repo, repo games. games. Why? Because you wanted to see more poor people suffer? No. I you didn't like seeing Betty White being rich instead of poor. Betty White has three ages, and okay. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. Okay. 30, 60, and 90. Okay, so she was. you're saying she was 30 in, on this show. She was 60 on The Golden Girls, and then she was 90 when she died. I'm saying through her entire career, she has. when she was younger, she looked 30. And then for some reason, she just started to look 60 years old. And then at the very end, before her untimely death, she looked 90 years old. So, right. I was just saying, like, I was putting those when she looked those ages right and you're not hearing me together. because when she was younger she looked 30 <laughs> okay what about when she was on those topless playing cards 30 okay i'm telling you so yeah she was a she was a frequent panelist on this show the rod sterling version and obviously she was married to alan ludden so yeah obviously on the alan ludden version but she was also originally on the rod sterling version in 69 it was the summer of 69 Brian Adams. Is that his actual name? I don't know. Could be Ryan Adams, the guy who... Um, Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. <laughs> the guy who sings, you know, he, get, he was married to Mandy Moore and he got accused of being a bad guy. Like, is that a legal thing? That, you that is really... illegal. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can bring suit for being a bad guy. You're a bad guy. Sometimes in legal terms, they call it a no good Nick. but No good Nick. No good. This guy's a real no good, Nick. Um, but yeah, the uh, Buddy Hackett was another mm -hmm. frequent guest of the program. He was very funny and very good at lying. Every yeah. time he was telling the truth, I was like, no, nah, he's lying. No, exactly. What I liked is that people who are telling the truth found ways to make it seem preposterous. Yeah. So that it would be less obvious that they were the ones. They would act the like. I'm just making this up yeah, on the spot. Yeah, exactly. This is something you put in a butt. And wow. it actually was that thing. Like I saw one with Buddy Hackett where there was a thing that looked like um tweet like big tweezers almost. Okay. Big gigantic ones. And people were like, oh, this is a, you know, nutcracker or whatever. And then it got to Buddy Hackett and he was like, No, this is something you uh it's a grabber and a puller. You pull people along by it, and he like 
clipped it on his nose and like pulled himself. You say, get over here. And he's like, uh, you know, that's what he uses for. You know, more specifically, like with a with a bull. That's how you pull a bull around. You know how they have the, the nose ring? You grab it and you pull them. This is a bull lead. And it was. Wow. Indeed. That's a thing? Yeah. So, so yeah, you got to be, you got to be a good liar. You got to be a creative liar. You do. In many ways, because you need your truth to fit in with all the lies that are probably uh, ridiculous sounding. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the story I told you when I told a kid on the bus that I was an angel? <laughs> yeah. I think I would have been so good at this game. Is that the, do you think the best lie? I would have been, actually, I would have been bad because I would have just used that same lie over and over. Like, it, What's so this thing? It's like, I was, I'm an angel. <laughs> So that you consider that the worst lie you've ever told? I think it's the most creative lie I've ever told. <laughs> what do you think is the best lie you've ever told? Have you ever gotten away with a really good lie? No, I'm a very, very bad liar. No. I'm very bad. Because yeah. the when I do lie, I, I try and speak quickly. And I don't give myself time to think of a good lie. So I'm just... <laughs> speaking and hoping it sounds like the truth by the end yeah, i gotta start saying something yes correct are you one of those people that gets uh really defensive in your lies yeah like all like, the tricks all like like fbi trainers are like uh -huh. when you see those documentaries like look out for these things i'm like check 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 like down the list lawyer oh lawyer is all Ooh. i gotta say and that's what if i was a panelist on the liars club and they were like What's that object in front of you, John? I'd say lawyer. <laughs> and it's an actual lawyer just <laughs> yeah, laying yeah, on yeah. the... <laughs> it's Moses. Ooh. Wait, lawyer? Moses is a lawyer? I think he's Jewish. <laughs> like his wife from Hoboken. <laughs> just to be clear, she's from Hoboken. We're not calling Moses' wife a hobo. That's true. Which would be kind of a funny diss for somebody. Your wife's a hobo. <laughs> what what did you say your wife is a hobo no i understood that i just what do you mean by that your wife has a little bindle that she throws over her shoulder and hops on trains okay she's a hobo and then moses is just devastated <laughs> And he Whoa. divorces her because he's like, I'm not married to no hobo. You think when hobos jump on trains, they go, no. No hobo. No, that's just when, whenever I get on a train, I have to say that. You want to you wanna hop on this train over here? No hobo. Or like you're, you're walking around downtown with a little satchel on a stick and you're like, no hobo. Just, <laughs> no, just, this, is this is honestly just an easier way to carry this stuff right here. I had a shoulder surgery recently. I, I like to keep my pockets clear. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so what else did you like about this show? Or, about dis it. or dislike? That's about it. Uh, you So so far, what I got from your... What did you like about this show? You said Betty White is 30, 60, and 90. <laughs> is what I got. Okay, hold on, hold on. So okay, hold on. Uh, I like the way the points were displayed because it wasn't like a digital screen. It was one of those. Yeah, because they didn't have flip, that invention yet. Flip tracks or whatever they're called. Yeah, it's the same way they keep score at a middle school girls basketball game. There's some guy over there, go, <laughs> and he actually flips the wrong amount, and then he's got to look around. He's got to turn the thing. He's got to flip it back. I I liked it because it reminded me that stuff used to have character before Whoa. computers and screens were invented uh, yeah and then i like how quickly they got into the game 
It was like, no bullshit. These people are lying. These have to guess. Let's go. Like, here's your first object. Yeah. And then I felt like the time limit that they gave for the contestants was really good. Nobody ever went super long. And if they did go long, they would kind of joke about it, but then quickly end. Mm-hmm. So I like that it wasn't just this long, drawn out lie. Right. That this guy just kept going on. And then I liked the switch from four to three contestants. I it, feel like it made more sense. And also, I didn't even realize, but I did see two episodes. One of them, they were allowed to only choose one. And then the second one, the three okay, contestants, yeah. they were allowed to choose multiple. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. You just made me think of that um, Tim Robinson sketch with Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. Where, where he's like, oh, yeah. He's, his daughter wants to go get ice cream. And he's like, He's like, oh, sorry, it's it's too cold out. And what's when it gets too cold, they have to uh, shut down the ice cream places. And he sees Bob Odenkirk, the guy next to him, sitting there, and he like kind of winks at him. And Bob Odenkirk's like, yeah, you're right. Your dad's right. They they do have to close it down because the equipment gets too cold. It freezes up. They have to close it down. And he's like, yep, that man's right. And he's like, your dad and I are old friends, right? And he like winks at him. We go way back, your dad and I. Oh, I have be- I have a beautiful wife. Your dad knows all about my beautiful wife. Oh, she's yeah. so beautiful. I collect classic cars. Your dad knows that. <laughs> and he keeps like he, he just making them better and better. He's like, I have a- I have doubles of all of them actually. <laughs> one for riding and one for collecting. No triples. Except the Barracuda. I've got triples of the Barracuda. <laughs> right, uh, right. And if that's not true, then the stuff about the ice cream store isn't true. Yeah. So it's all true. It's so good. Uh, I love it. But yeah, that's the kind of drawn out elaborate lie that I think you uh, are glad that you didn't have to sit through. Yes. But what if it was that funny? I would love it. <laughs> but it's not Bob Odenkirk doing it. It's true. Uh, how would you make it better? They would have to do a pantomime round where the liars have to act out how the object was made Ooh. or used. Ooh, guess what? When we were looking at this show, there was some pantomime show that I was uh, uh, looking at that we may have to dive into in the future. Okay. A pantomime show. A di- are you? Oh, are you diving, diving in? Is that into... what that is? God, I knew, God, I'm so good at pantomime guessing. And then I want to see a panel of just all Betty Whites. That's fair. Like a 30, 60, 90. <laughs> Betty. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Betty White. Perfect. All ages of Betty White on the same panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like panels, celebrity panel shows. I've decided you love them, dude. And here's the thing: we used to have them in the day, very common. We, you know, we had this. We had to tell the truth. We had what's my line. We had I've got a secret. We had match game, etc., etc. Mm. In the UK, they still have them left and right. You know, we talked about um. Taskmaster. Yeah. Um, there's what? There's eight out of ten cats. There's um, the other one that we did. But anyway, they still have a bunch of them in the UK. We don't have them over here, really. Like, we have <clears throat> a revival of To Tell the Truth or whatever. And it's like six episodes during the summer. And the celebrities kind of change up every episode. Like, you don't have that, like, residency. Yeah. That, they had back in the day, especially like Betty White. She wasn't on every episode of the of the show, but she was on a bunch of them, and things like that. Like I think we, uh, it's just not something the American people want to see. Yeah, they want to watch what fucking Jake Tapper or uh, what's that broad's name on the View? Joe Behar. Joy Behar. That's Joy exactly Behar. who I was thinking of. Joy Behar, who said she's really upset about what's happening in. 
the Ukraine because she's been trying to go on vacation to Italy for four years and how is this going to affect Western Europe and can she have a safe, luxurious vacation to Italy or not? But to be fair, she has been waiting like four years to go on vacation. Yeah, I mean, I get it. With COVID and everything and now this on top of that, white people dying instead of the usual brown people, it's quite upsetting. It's quite upsetting. Ugh. Their skin is similar in tone to mine. And that's... So I'm hurt. I'm upset about it. I can feel the pain. Wow. You can see yourself that's in true. that individual. That's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's Liars Club. I think it's fine for this type of show. Yeah. Like, I think it's entertaining enough. I think especially in the time period where these celebrities are relevant, I think that obviously makes it more entertaining because you can somewhat relate to these people. You see them in other media mm-hmm. uh, and have maybe some sort of affinity for them or whatever, or maybe you hate them. Then you wouldn't watch the show, I guess. Yeah. If you're just a really anti-Buddy Hackett. That guy couldn't hack it. What about a Twilight Zone episode where Buddy Hackett... Yeah. He's got Buddy a, Holly. He's, he is Buddy Holly. Yeah. Everybody named Buddy, Buddy the Elf, is the same person. <laughs> uh-huh. Buddy, um... Those are the only buddies that I know. Buddy Bayheim. He's Jim Jim Bayheim's son. He's a player for the Syracuse basketball team. Okay. Don't name your kid Buddy, I would say, is my advice to you. <laughs> I'd say that's probably solid advice. That's not a good name. What if you like what if you just, Hey Bud? Was what if you named your kid Friend? Hey friend. <laughs> friend Motney. Friend and Hammerstein. Hey friend. But his dad would have to have been uh, famous first to get that proper uh, bump <laughs> bump of cocaine yeah exactly yeah how many buzzers are you giving this show i'm giving this show three buzzers see i was going to give it three buzzers as well but i'm giving it a 0.5 bump because of betty white Ooh, which betty white the 60 <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah i'm right there with you uh <laughs> you know i i sometimes lean a little more towards 90 do you do you she was 99 when she died untimely it was untimely because it was days before the Time Magazine episode, or no, People Magazine, like, celebrating Betty White's 100th birthday came yeah, out. Yeah. And she was on the cover of it. I mean, that's what you get for pre-printing stuff. That's Don't celebrate things that haven't happened yet. Yeah. Dewey defeats Truman. Didn't we learn? Because Don't he print those papers. He didn't don't do it. Don't print those papers. Yeah, so Liars Club, it's fine. It's really impossible to find and watch. The Rod Sterling version, unless you have a Twilight Zone DVD, or you can find the one episode that's on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some Alan London versions that ended up, uh, you know, circulating through syndication throughout history, um, and then the 1988 version with Eric Boardman called New Liars Club was just New Liars Club. Yeah, it was kind of a a time where they were doing like. The new newlywed game, and it was just the oh. same thing, but they put new in front of new Coke came out around the same time. Mm. Let's put things into perspective for you. So new was big in the late eighties, early nineties, and meaningless. There was a lot of new stuff though. But it was mostly just old stuff that they put the word new in front of. Yeah. And we I don't do that nowadays issue. in our society. We don't we don't fuck around. Now we call it two We, just, we or... just call it Jurassic Park and we're like, you'll fucking see it because there's nothing else that you're doing. <laughs> I I remember that when the internet changed a little bit, like social media became a thing and and it became more accessible, 
people started calling it web 2.0 right? yeah you've heard that yeah and so now with like the the blockchain and the nfts and everything people are saying web 3 but as like one word web 3 like we went web t- so we had internet i guess then we the had internet. web 2.0 and now we have web 3 we have to like change it. I, I wonder what the fourth version is going to be like uh nuclear fallout Web four and it's coming web, any day to a door near web, you. Web four is a big cutout of a computer screen and people dancing behind it, as to mimic as if it was on the internet, but okay. it's actual people performing. That sounds phenomenal, and I'm in. <laughs> All right, until next time, uh, keep lying out there, guys. Uh, until you get really, really, really good at it, and then you can be on a game show or a politician. War. Or my dad.